This is Breakaway, a women's soccer podcast covering industry events, emerging teams, and the latest on league developments. Welcome your co-hosts, Megan and Chase. Hey everybody, welcome back to Breakaway Season 2, Episode 6. My name is Chase, and we have Megan back. She's back from England and Paris. Welcome back to the home country. I know you missed us. We missed you. I just missed ranch. That was the only thing I missed. You missed ranch? (laughs) Seriously? Megan, ranch is freaking disgusting. We've already had this conversation. That's a hot take. Wait, so they don't have ranch in Europe? No. I think they do at some wing places. I This is what a local told me. Uh, but I did not find it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Europe is just sounding better and better. <laughs> no ranch. So much more soccer enthusiasm out in the United Kingdom. Football. I, yeah, tell, tell us more about that. Don't, don't call it soccer because I made that mistake. And I... <laughs> hammered with complaints it was like soccer how dare you call it soccer (laughs) i was like i'm sorry i said i promise i kind of call it football at the same time (laughs) so strictly football yeah that was like french accent there football no i've been taking Um, my duolingo classes again so i am seriously debating taking like a french class because i when I went, I loved speaking it with people and they honestly were really open. I had the greatest experience in France. Like every single person I tried to talk to was very caring and like wanted to help me and thought it was so cool that I was trying, which goes against everything that someone people have told me. So, but I want to learn French, but yeah, there was a I lot of, yeah, it would be super cool. I, I don't know if I want them want to spend a lot of money, but do well, hey, my my friend Riza that I play soccer with, um, shout out to Riza. Um, she has taken a few language classes and she actually knows of some really good instructors because I've told her in the past when I first started learning French, how beneficial it could be to start taking some of these classes. Cause like you can only learn so much through these apps, right? You need to have regular dialogue. You need to go, it, it helps being like in an in-person setting, having an instructor walking you through just how to even say the words, because that's like 95% of the battle with this language. But yeah, she was telling me there's some really cool instructors in the Minneapolis area, and they actually charge uh, pretty reasonable rates. So yeah, we'll have I to sign up. It. Should we do it together? Yeah. Do more together? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I do want to travel with you soon, because I think I would not get sick of you. And I think we would have a uh-huh. lot of fun. Wow. That's one of the nicest things you ever said to me. Well, you said a nice thing to me today, so I had to repay you. That's true. That's true. Anyways, um, okay, quickly, the atmosphere of football in England before yes. we get into it. So I did get to watch some World Cup games, unfortunately and fortunately. Um, I got to witness the U.S. women's national team. I can't even say it with a straight face because I have to laugh or else I will cry. Um, I saw um U.S. Women's National Team play um against Sweden in my hotel room. We got to watch it on live TV in England. We were gonna go to church, but then ended up staying and watching the entire game because it went into extra time. So that was fun. 
Um, and then I also got to see the tail end of the Australia France game where Australia won in penalties. They each team shot 10 times. Kicked yeah, I saw that. Was penalties. that like a that, that was like a, a record, right? Out of both men's and women's. It was insane. I was like, oh, because one would get saved and on one side and then the other one, like it just was like going back and forth and it was so intense. But oh, yeah. um, I, I saw um, I saw some highlights on that and they like did like a really like sped up version where they were just shooting, like showing like every single time a shot was. And the video was really long and it was like shot, 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 shot. And I was like, how many freaking shots did this did these wow. two teams take? It 20. was insane. Yeah, 20 shots total. So I got to see that. I was at a pub near the Emirates Stadium in North London to watch the Arsenal game that started at 12. Ended up getting delayed, so I got to watch more of the England-Nigeria game. Yep, Nigeria. Okay, I'm like, all the games are blurring together for me. But yes, I got to watch um, part of that uh, live as well, which was really cool. I will say, like, I... People weren't really interested in it. And I don't know. So I was I talked with like a few people and, and people were watching it, um, but not nearly to the extent that I thought it would be. And I think it's just because the Premier League started that day. And so people were getting ready for the Arsenal game. And it would I don't know, it was weird. I was like There's just there's a lot of weird dynamics going on at this World Cup, not to mention the fact that it's in such an awkward time zone, but there's a lot of other soccer events taking place at the same time as this world cup premier league starting leagues cup in the united states you know like at its prime right now like it's still going on in the middle of all of this i mean that doesn't really affect us because our games are on at like 3 a.m but in england like it was like 11 a.m was the england versus nigeria game and then premier league was starting at like 12 so it was I don't know. I found it interesting because it's like they are still breaking records of attendance there, like Arsenal selling out the Emirates for the women's, which is like over 60,000 people, which is double what we've seen in America. So I I don't want to say that like women's soccer is farther along in America. I just think with how well our national team has done in the past, (laughs) not like they're doing well. They did well this round, but um, I feel like just these the the times of the games has had like the biggest factor because like when you you know, I feel like there's a lot of like momentum viewership in this tournament. Like you get really invested early on, like you pick your teams that you think are going to go the farthest. You, It's been really hard to start that because no one really wants to wake up at 2.30, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to watch these games, especially in the middle of the of the week. A lot of us work yeah. um, nine to fives in corporate America. It's tough to, you know, justify getting up at those absurd times to to watch these games yeah I even got to like talk to some locals about that and they were like we would totally be watching it if it was at like better times which is quite frustrating though because at some point like like what time would be best for everyone there's no time right right? like it is cool to see that Australia is breaking attendance records at these games and is you know like record attendance in person is doing well so it's not like it's like a flop necessarily right but and we Mm -hmm. set we set viewership records for the U.S. women's national team but it's like you know there's never going to be the best time zone it just feels like this might be one of the worst ones (laughs) like (laughs) but then I guess if we're like prioritizing like you know United States or 
Eastern or Western Europe, it's like you're cutting out part of the world no matter what you do. So, um, mm-hmm. but definitely for us, it's we're at a disadvantage with the timing. Uh, I'm going to have to wake up early to watch the finals. So, yeah, well, I've seen some reports how the U.S. is going to put in a pretty big bid to host the the next World Cup. And that could be super cool. You know, we're going to be going to a lot of those games. We're going to be traveling to wherever those games are being hosted. Yeah, we have a lot on our travel itinerary, Chase, because there we're not that we're supposed to not we're not supposed to talk about men's soccer, but the Copa America is going to be hosted here next year. Me and you need to go to that. And then it's the men's World Cup and then maybe the women's fingers crossed. I know. Well, we better start saving up. That's a lot. It's a lot of travel. I think England also might be putting in a bid for 2027. It will be interesting to see kind of the rest of this World Cup, what viewership looks like and um, kind of how things end up. But yeah, it was really cool to watch some of the games in England and to see the vibe. Um, It seems like people are willing to watch it now. They just want it to be convenient for them, which is which is fair. Somewhat. (laughs) valid yeah 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 i'm still still never made too much sense why um they chose australia and new zealand to to host the world cup this year um just given like how different the time zones are and how much emphasis they've been putting on women's soccer viewership i feel like they they just made it overly difficult are we surprised no i'm not surprised at all i also think i think it's twofold i think um you know, I don't trust Infantino. Um, but also, <laughs> I feel like I could roast him every single podcast we have. Yeah. But I will refrain. <laughs> I also think they picked Australia and New Zealand in um, response to them picking Russia and Qatar for the men. I think they tried to pick a country or countries that definitely supported women. And, you know, that's never like a question in terms of New Zealand and Australia. So, think that also played an effect but um I think it it also goes with their strategy of how can we make it look like women's soccer isn't as successful as it could be it's not reaching its full potential I could speculate that maybe Mm. oh I hope you're I hope you're wrong there (laughs) I mean he left he left during the world cup let's not forget that so I know how freaking disappointing is that (laughs) Um, well, let's jump right into just some high level things that have happened and then we'll get into the U.S. Women's National Team performance and what we see going forward. So this morning, as of this morning that we are recording this, which is Tuesday, August 15th, Spain beat, oh my gosh, my brain just went kaput. Oh, Spain beat Sweden this morning. (laughs) Um, to get to the finals of the FIFA Women's World Cup and then tomorrow England versus Australia to for that final spot in the final game. So who do you think is uh, gonna win that? Who do I want to win and who do I think is gonna win is probably two different answers. I feel um, like you want Australia to win and I think you think England is gonna win. Yeah, except I wasn't as impressed with England when I was watching them. Well, that red card season. was crazy that they got. We were, we were talking about that a little bit beforehand. Just the, yeah. it's, it, it just it was just so disrespe- disrespectful. Instant, instant yellow card or red card. Um, yeah. And Lauren James, if you didn't know, stepped on the back of a Nigerian player um, when she was getting up from like a tackle. Um, it was a yellow card at first and then got recalled as red. 
And yeah, I think it stirred up a lot of commotion, which is not always a good thing, especially in this um, environment. Well, uh, it's just so unnecessary. It happened so late in the game, first of all. So I don't even understand like what you were hoping to accomplish by, by doing this. And clearly there was... You you could have easily stepped over her. You could have stepped anywhere, but on, you deliberately stepped on her back while she was still on the ground. That's it's not a good look. I don't know if it was Nigeria. I think that might have been the round before. No, it was Nigeria. I watched the replay. It was Nigeria. Are you sure? One hundred percent positive. I'm one hundred percent. Maybe seventy five percent. I don't think it was because she's out for two games. In that last game, she was out. And then this upcoming one, she's out, and then she can play in the final. No, the, this this title is England's Lauren James receives a red card for stepping on a Nigerian player. Yes, I know, but I think there was a game after it that I'm referencing. Oh, was it Columbia? Yes. I'm going to admit to the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so England played Nigeria in the round of the knockout round of the 16 but they just played Colombia to make it to the semifinals. And Lauren James had to miss that game because of the red card that she got against Nigeria. Just to clarify, sorry, that was confusing. No, um, fine. But I will say, yeah, I wasn't super impressed at how England played against Colombia. I think um, Colombia played very well and um, gave them a run for their money. And I think it's honestly... Australia has like the entire momentum of being the host country. So I do think they have a chance of winning. And I honestly, I don't think I'll be upset with whoever wins now that Sweden is out. So um, I would not be upset if it's Spain and I would not really be upset if it's England or Australia. So. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm I'm sorry, Sweden, but I'm really glad that <laughs> I'm really glad that you didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um <laughs> good for us, but <laughs> Yeah, I guess we can lead since we brought up Sweden. We might as well just talk about the U.S. Women's National Team um, getting well. knocked out at the same place that the U.S. Men's National Team <laughs> did at the World Cup. Oh, yikes. Where to even begin with that game? Well, I'll do a summary. So, um, Vladko made a few changes in the starting lineup, brought in Emily Sana into the midfield with Andy Sullivan and Lindsey Horan. Mm -hmm. very exciting i am a big emily sonnet fan and i was really excited to see her um on the field and the frustrating thing is is they looked really good most of the game like midfield and defense looked amazing um strikers up front just like couldn't find space and uh couldn't end up finishing but i will say like they did have some really good shots on goal the entire team had some shots on goal that um the Swedish goalkeeper just was on fire. And um, I think me and you have talked about their previous games in this World Cup. And I just want to acknowledge that they looked way better in this on this game against Sweden. And um, I think that's where most of my frustrations lies. Like I could see the fight in them personally. That's up for discussion amongst people now um, because everyone has their opinion um, on <laughs> – U.S. Women's National Team now because we can only celebrate women when they're winning. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> I get really I was I was so mad, but yeah. So Vladko made a few changes and it seemed to 
um, get the juices flowing. So it's frustrating that he couldn't have done that earlier. That's fine. We can digest this after this quick overview. So we ended the game, regular game time, 0-0. We went into extra time, still was 0-0, so they went two penalty kicks. And um, we lost in penalty kicks. Big things to call out. They started with Andy Sullivan. I was a little worried about that, but she pulled through. She made it. Then they brought in, I think Lindsay Horan went second. I think um, so. And then they also brought in Christy Mewis. It was her first time on the field, and she scored her penalty. Um, and then our star strikers decided to pull a Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I was going to use that reference if you weren't going to. Were you actually? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was also <laughs> that's immediately where my mind went. I was like, oh, oh no, Harry Kane. Yeah, there were some French players too that missed at the World Cup this year, pretty similarly to um, our girls. So Sophia Smith and Megan Rapino completely missed the goal, not even close. Alyssa Nair was the first ever goalkeeper to save a penalty and shoot a penalty in a shootout um, men or women at a world cup. I did not know that. Yeah. Super cool. I was like, what are you doing? Bring the goalkeeper. But then I was like, these people kick with precision very normally and all the time too. But honestly, it makes a lot of sense because these other teams, like you need to prepare for every situation possible. And that includes a PK. And so you are studying how every single one of these players takes PK shots well, there's not a lot of data on how a goalkeeper takes a PK shot. So honestly, it was quite smart. It was, she, she was a wild card. You can't really, how, how, how do you, how do you prepare for someone who doesn't take PKs ever? And she knows how like the goalkeeper's thinking within the goal too. Um, it's honestly kind of brilliant. Yeah. Love her. She performed amazing. And then Sweden got in. Alyssa Nair saved it, but it crossed the line by a millimeter. I'm, I can't, I'm so mad about that. Um, and then Kelly O'Hara hit the gold post to send us out of the women's world cup. So that's, that's a brief that's, overview. She was so close. Like we were that close. It's also just really frustrating that we even had to get to her because like you could tell that they were running out of players that they knew um, would score uh they took out alex morgan well alex morgan missed a pk in the first game against Vienna. yeah all of our strikers are missing pks all it's like oh it was so frustrating to watch that like i was like pulling my hair out like i get it especially for sophia smith you're really really young this is your first world cup that you've ever competed in there's a lot of pressure on you but at the same time this should be something that you're used to having this type this this amount of pressure on you as you take these shots and you're a you're an attacker like this is your job is to score goals and your midfielders our goalkeeper is scoring pks but you're missing them and not just you know like close misses it wasn't even anywhere near target it went way no. above the goal like keep it simple why why are you trying to go for like the upper right or left corner like that's incredibly unnecessary. It, it's a mind game between you and the goalkeeper. You don't need to, I don't know. It was, I, I just couldn't help but think like, what were you thinking? When I also think about like when Brandy Chastain talks about her final 
PK that she took in the 99 World Cup and how she was told to do it with her left foot, even though she's never. I just wonder, like, I look at this and I I think, like, okay, people can criticize the players all they want, but there's also a coach behind them. And what, like, what's going into that? And I also think, in general, if we take out the PKs, like, we were missing key players. And all of a sudden, as soon as we're losing, we want to pinpoint those players and make it seem like this team sucks and that they had no motivation and that they don't want to play the game and all of these different opinions that are swarming around. We are missing our captain that we have relied on for a long-ass time. Becky Sarbron was a huge miss. We did not have her leadership. We did not have her composure in the back line that you could see earlier on in the tournament. We did not have one of our best midfielders of all time, Sam Mewis. We did not have that. We didn't have the power that she brings, the creativity that she has, like, you know, the stability that I think she has that um, her and Haran are kind of similar on. We didn't have that. And, of course, we didn't have our best attacker, in my opinion, right now. Like, Mal Swanson was gone. She had a great start to the year. She had had experience in World Cups. She's had experience in high-pressured situations. And we missed her. And we put Sophia Smith on the left wing, asked her to fill a void of Mouse Pugh, Mouse Swanson. That is not really like plausible for Sophia Smith to do. And she's used like there's so many different things that went into like these key players that we are missing. And I think we all want to like harp on this team for not like not me and you. I'm saying like other people like harping on them, saying that they're this horrible team morale and you know, whatever Carly Lloyd said, I couldn't go <laughs> off about that, but I won't. Like, everyone can have their opinions, but I think we're forgetting the fact that we are missing some key, key players. Tobin Heath, Kristen Press. I mean, there's so many other players, too, beyond just those three that I first mentioned that we don't have in our lineup that um, I think really showed in the games leading up to that final against Sweden. But... At the end of the day, Megan Rapino and Sophia Smith should have at least been on target. Um, I'm not asking that every single kick made it into the goal because I know that's not, you know, possible all the time. But it's like, what are you doing? We needed to rely on you. This is Megan Rapino's last tournament. It's, I mean, it's very sad. Um, shit happens. Excuse my French. Like, things, sports are brutal. We cannot always be winning in order. I saw something about like, in order to have success, you also have to have failure or whatever. Like I get that. And I like am encouraged by that. And I think like, this is only the beginning, but um, frustrating to say the least, I guess. No, you bring up some really good points, especially about the, the, the decisions behind um, our coach. I think that's a really good point to bring up. It just felt like he wasn't taking a lot of risks. You know, like he wasn't changing up the lineup when things weren't necessarily working. I'm surprised he wasn't more experimental and didn't see that like, okay, what you're doing is not necessarily working. Um, and like, just... like I get, like I, I, I get the idea that like winning doesn't always look pretty, and that's the point that a lot of these you know retired players brought up before we got kicked out of the tournament that the point is we made it through um, the knockout stage. We didn't do it in the most glamorous way possible, but we made it through and that's what should matter. 
but at the same time I couldn't I, I didn't understand what the reasoning behind not making changes was clearly something was not working and I don't know if you were afraid to make any changes given the immense pressures that we had but I don't know do you think he's going to be coach after this anymore no um <laughs> <laughs> I think no, that's a, that's I, I don't think he is either I think what ifs a lot in my head right now are just floating around and I think the biggest one is like what if he brought in Emily Sonnet earlier than in the Sweden game um because you really did if, if you watch the entire game like it's so frustrating because you could see that we were gaining momentum and there was more cohesion in the midfield and our back line was doing great and you know our front had some good shots like it's so frustrating because if he it's the Netherlands game. I think that was the most frustrating for me. You make no freaking substitutions except bringing Rose Lavelle on like that pisses me off. Right. And his reason was he didn't want to risk disrupting the flow of the game or yeah. something along those lines. And I was like, yeah. that is stupid. What on what? No, that is so dumb. I've and never I... heard any coach use that as a reason for not using their subs. Like, I what are you doing? We're, we're this far in the game. We're not winning. You need to, you need to pivot. You need to adjust. I think too, though, like I acknowledge that I don't understand coaching the way that a coach would, but I do think like there is consequences to outcomes and actions. And, you know, the reality well, we're is out of the world is, cup. So we're out <laughs> of the world consequence cup of how things went round to 16. We've never made it um, or we've never not made it to the quarterfinals and most times we make it to the semifinals at least um other times we obviously win um considering there hasn't actually been that many world cup fifa women's world cups um the obviously the stats are skewed but like that is horrible he also did not secure gold or silver at the olympic games he we got bronze and now the consequences he probably is going to lose his job even if I don't understand how he coached and I'm not like even if like that's the consequences you are gonna um you see that in other sports when you're no longer the winner you do whatever it takes to reclaim your title reclaim your position and we are now no longer the best we're not at the top anymore yeah and obviously you always want to be at the top so I don't see how he's going to be the coach following this, which is unfortunate for him. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. But yeah, like, like we said, you see it with other sports all the time. You see it with hockey all the time. I think I'm excited. I will say, I think we can end on some hopeful thoughts here as we wrap up. I will say I'm very hopeful for our team coming into the 2024 Olympic games in Paris. Like, I think it's cool that yes, we had, this relapse here of our performance and not me saying our, like I'm on the team. Um, but like, what so is our team? It is. Um, they didn't do good this year, but now they have a, you know, an opportunity to kind of reclaim that next year in the Olympic games. And, um, we'll probably have a new coach and hopefully we'll get some momentum going. Hopefully Mal Swanson will be back. Sam Mewis, maybe it's probably a far stretch maybe, but, um, hopefully we'll have some key players back that can help us um, secure a gold medal. And I think that will, you know, reclaim like 
how good we are at soccer. Like, yes, the rest of the world, we haven't really talked about that, but the rest of the world is catching up. We can see that in the World Cup. They're exceeding um, my expectations of how they're performing. Um, but that doesn't mean that the U.S. women's national team needs to be pushed down. Like, I still think we have talent. I still think we have drive. I still think that we are the best in the world. We just didn't show it. And um, that's that's sports. Yeah, I agree. Well, this final, it's in, uh, by the time we launch this episode, four days away, the 20th. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> it's going to be okay. interesting. It's going to be interesting. I just realized part of, me, part of me wants Australia to win. You know, they're the host team. That'd be kind of fun. I always like it when the host team wins. At least each team left um, has never won a FIFA Women's World Cup. So that's kind of exciting, too. That is true. Yep. It's really exciting. Well, um, we always will have more to chat about. So we will be back next week, back on schedule. And we look forward to chatting it up with all of y'all then. Awesome. See you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate us and leave us a review. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more listeners like you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Breakaway Podcast for updates on our latest episodes and behind the scenes content. We appreciate your support and hope you'll join us for our next episode.